Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. What is going on everybody? My name is Connor Lawler. Welcome to another week of Movie Mondays. This is the Heroes for Hire podcast. We are back again talking all the week's movie news, entertainment news, and just generally having a bit of a chit-chat about everything to do with film. As always, I am joined by my partner in crime, Mr. Sean Meehan. Sean, how is it going? Absolutely delighted to be here, Connor. Can't mm. wait to talk about uh, movie news. Uh, something yeah. I did just want to say at the start as well. Um, someone asked me in real life if we were going to be talking about uh, Loki on the show. Um, yes. But for people that don't know, the, we do a Loki discussion. We do it every two weeks. We do two episodes at once. We have a lot to talk about. That's all on the Patreon. Um, mm. We did the first episode here so people could get a taste and other episodes. And most of the other stuff will be over on the Patreon. So head over there if you want to listen to us talk about the strange goings on in Loki. <laughs> Mephisto confirmed. <laughs> Question mark. <laughs> Just imagine there's red circles and arrows and everything we're saying. Yeah, yeah. If I could put a red circle in an audio format, by God, yeah. I would. Oh, we fucking would. So, Sean, <laughs> that's all over us. Uh, also, I'm not skipping over the fact that you somehow have another friend. I mean, no, it's look, a bit <laughs> sus. Connor, I never said, I said I could have been an enemy. Do you know what I said? <laughs> I was talking to an enemy. And they, they mockingly said, oh, you're going to talk about it on the podcast. And I said, yes, but kind of. It's on Mom. <laughs> um, so this is, this is Movie Monday, Sean. And um, what we're doing this week is, I will say, we had some big trailers last week. Now, we did. There, are, there are no big trailers this week to get into. But what I do have to offer you, and this, we are, we should say we are recording on a Sunday. So if a big trailer <laughs> drops tomorrow when this comes out, I will be disheartened and maybe sad. It's going to be Flash and Spider-Man drops tomorrow. <laughs> Absolutely. But what we have this week, we've got rumours. We've oh. got tears. Fleetwood Mac? 
We've we've got <laughs> Fleetwood Mac. Stevie Nicks has joined us in half an hour. She's going to talk us through everything. Hell yeah, <laughs> we got Stevie. We got Stevie in the talk abomination. Um, so we're starting this week Sean with a follow up from last week and that was about a certain Shang-Chi trailer and at the end of that trailer there was a bit of a reveal we thought but we weren't sure because there was a big monster and there was Mm -hmm. somebody else in the screen and we were like that kind of looks like that Hulk character abomination were we not from everyone's favourite film, The Incredible Hulk. Yeah. The best Incredible Hulk film? Oh, definitely. Oh, definitely. Yes. <laughs> Ang eat your heart out. But um, <laughs> what, we, what we have this week is confirmation from who would be the one man that you would want to confirm that that is abomination versus Wong to fully just quail any rumours. I mean, ideally, uh, Zack Snyder. But I'll settle for Kevin Feige. Kevin Feige has confirmed that Abomination versus Wong will be in Shang-Chi. And um, he said, some fans said, this looks like a character they hadn't seen in many years. It's named Abom- Abomination, fighting a character that looks like Wong. And I can say that the reason it looks like that is because that is Abomination fighting Wong. <laughs> really dancing around saying, yeah, yeah, that, you're right. He's really danced around <laughs> making that statement. So, p- presumably they're in some kind of Mortal Kombat style face-off then. Uh, I mean, that's... I I think we all kind of jumped to that immediately because, of course, wow, that's a cool idea. But then it's kind of, is it there? Is it not? Is it just a nameless monster? But it has been confirmed this is Wong who will be in this. Sean, does Wong's inclusion mean something either... Does I mentioned last week it could take place during the five years of the blip or afterwards yeah. maybe Doctor Strange appears in this movie as well. I'm just throwing random shit out here. Yeah, now look, we, like, and to be fair, a bunch of shit's going to go down with Doctor Strange. We don't know where that takes place timeline-wise in terms of multiverse, whether he's busy at the mm. time of this big showdown. Um, so it seems to be like they're fighting to get control of the Ten Rings. That's the Mandarin's whole game. But what interests me is that, like, Abomination, canonically in the MCU, it was revealed in the comic, he is in the raft, like that big, like, island prison that they have in the ocean. I think we see it yeah. in Civil War. Like, Abomination is in there. So someone, he either escaped and went on to compete for control of the Ten Rings, or someone sent him there. And what is interesting is, and I... T- my knowledge of the Incredible Hulk is coming out. So, <laughs> do, who's in charge of the raft is General Ross. Oh, he he doesn't like the Hulk. I have confirmation. He doesn't like the Hulk. He's also the reason that um, Blonsky became Abomination. Yes. So true. Unless this is some like weird power struggle to like, oh, if you do this, you could, you, you know, you could be a respectable. You could. I don't even think he want like uh, Abomination wants respect anymore. I think he wants to be the the strongest and the best fighter. So right, but is it th- is the winner of that battle? I'm just it, the winner of the battle gets the ten rings. Is that what we're I meant think, to believe? I think not like that singular battle. I no, think no, no. I just mean the fight, the through. competition. Yeah, I think so. But I think the like I think that's how it's pitched. 
I think the Mandar- the Mandarin's ultimate deal is that he wants to bring out some fucking secret power that's within Shang-Chi that he's prophesied to have or something like that. And to do that, he has to fight the best fighter, essentially. So I think Mandarin sets up this whole tournament to basically make his son stronger and succeed him. And the idea is that Wog is fighting to get the rings back so that to the good guys and abomination. To get control of them. Abomination is either fighting just because he got, he escaped and he wants that power, or a much more interesting idea would be that he was sent from the raft by Mister Ross to yeah. basically win the rings and bring them back to me. You give me the rings and then I'll set you free. Yeah, like some kind of deal there. Um, maybe somehow leads into General Ross becoming Red Hulk. That's a Ooh. dream of mine. But <laughs> I think... Bring back the, Ang Lee! <laughs> the reason I think the US government might have sent Abomination is to get the Ten Rings specifically is that with Scarlet Witch and everything going down, they have to now acknowledge properly that magic is real. And, like, they need some way to, like... They need some magic on their side, pretty much. Because they have Doctor Strange, who's a free agent, really. And Scarlet Witch, who borderline is a villain at this point. Tough to control Scarlet Witch. She can create her own universe and just live there. All about... Yeah, literally a being of pure chaos. (laughs) Yeah. So I think that this might be them, like, trying to grab onto some... Like, some weapon that they can use, basically, in case Scarlet Witch goes rogue again. But it is good to have this confirmation so that it no longer, like, people are just guessing and assuming. Like, Kevin Feige has come out and said this, which to me also indicates the fact that this is probably not that big a thing. That they just threw it in there to be like, this is cool, isn't it? Look at this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like, just be like, oh, look, it's still connected in all this universe. Also serves to, like, get, you know, Abomination and Hulk and all that stuff into people's minds again for the She-Hulk series that comes out. Yeah, is Abomination meant to be in She-Hulk? Yeah, and I think it is Tim Roth confirmed to be coming back. Uh, Don't lie to me. Oh, very good. (laughs) Very good, Connor. Uh, So I think it just serves to like, instead of it being, oh, the last time we saw this character was 2009. Now it's, last time we saw this character was in Shang-Chi. And here's the updated design and everyone's on board with it. And now we have the yeah. 3D model ready to go for the She-Hulk TV series. Yeah, they series. have to update that 3D model. <laughs> you have to get it going. But yeah, I just think it, it is interesting that they, they've already confirmed this. That to me just tells me that it's probably not that big a thing. And I think you're, you're right that it's just a reintroduction of Abomination yeah. if he's going to be appearing in the She-Hulk series, which makes perfect sense. Because, I mean, Abomination has already fought one Hulk. Why not fight the other Hulk? And then we can have a cool story. Like, like, even just for an episode, a villain of the week episode, or make him the overarching villain. We don't really know at this point. But yeah, bring him in no in some form. Yeah, about that show, really, at the minute. But the, it, just to have, him, to have him back, it fleshes out that universe. He is a major villain in the comics, so it's cool to see him popping up again. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, Okay, so we're going to have to move on to our next piece of news. And this is about a certain series called Star Wars, Sean. Um, They have a movie coming out called Rogue Squadron. Um, Have have you heard of it? Yes, this is the um, Patty Jenkins, uh, like, fighter pilot. Yeah, star fight. What are they called? X-Wing pilots? Uh, But in, like, I don't know. Yeah, you know what I mean. 
<laughs> Luke Skywalker? Is this Luke, Luke Skywalker? Picard? John Luke? <laughs> <laughs> Rogue Squadron movie recruits Love and Monsters writer for the next Star Wars adventure. It officially has its writer locked in. So it's got Patty Jenkins, who's of course the Wonder Woman director. She is going to be directing it. Um, now you also have uh, Matthew Robinson, who is down to write the script. Now, Matthew Robinson, um, he has uh, wrote, written some pretty pretty decent films in terms of the invention of lying he was involved in obviously he okay. was involved in love and monsters um earlier this year the netflix series um he's also down to write edge of tomorrow 2 which is pretty good but oh live die repeat and repeat Live, die, repeat, and repeat, and repeat, yes. <laughs> but, yeah, very um, good. Love it. <laughs> but but uh, the plot details for this movie are currently... They're a bit bare, I will say. That nobody really knows what the idea is. They just now know that Paddy Jenkins was down to direct. But at that point, it was just like, this is a project we might be doing. We don't know when. Yeah. Um, and now with this uh, Matthew Robinson coming as the writer, I think this kind of confirms to me that they're definitely, they're going with this. Not just going with it, but like, we'll probably see this in the next three to four years. This will be coming out. I think so, yeah. Like, it's it, it's, it's, it's a natural progression for what they want Star Wars to be, which is all types of genres. Like, action, adventure, comedy, uh, and now fucking war movies like i think it's it just makes sense it fleshes out that universe that little bit more um and like you said it is now it's more secure it's not just a project that's in development hell and they're toying around with ideas no someone is putting pen to paper as it were Mm. uh looking at this guy's imdb as well he's really like seems to be like up and coming like he wrote he didn't mention line in 2009 after that, he did like a few smaller things. He did the screenplay for Dora and the Lost City of Gold. Good uh, one. Yeah, absolutely. And now he's on. Now, and then he's just done Love and Monsters. His next three things lined up are Live, Die, Repeat, and Repeat. So Edge, Edge of Tomorrow 2, Little Shop of Horrors, and Star Wars Rogue Squadron. That's a very, like, a wide array of things to be involved in. Um, yeah. Also, yeah, they, how they describe Rogue Squadron is that. It is based off um, some video games and novels from Star Wars Legends, but of course that has now all been kind of abandoned by Lucasfilm because Disney bought it in 2012 and they've just gotten rid of all that stuff. So Yeah, and they said this really cop-out line as well when they bought it. They said, oh, it's called Legends, but every legend has a kernel of truth, which basically <laughs> meant we're going to pull whatever we want and not pay anyone any royalties. <laughs> exactly. Um, and so uh, they say that it will introduce a new generation of starfighter pilots as they earn their wings and risk their lives in a boundary pushing high speed trill ride and move the saga into the future era of the galaxy that's a lot of words to say you might need Tom Cruise in here for some sort of flight based film (laughs) oh he would love it but he would make you go to space that's the only issue where's Goose (laughs) When they say pushing them into the future of the galaxy, are they talking about going beyond Rise of Skywalker? Um, oh, well, we don't really... This is the first live-action film set after Rise of Skywalker, as far as I know. Oh, my God. So we can see what happens to... What if they just do the same thing and, like, Ray is this, like, disaffected hermit living on fucking Skellig Michael? <laughs> and they get her back. 
<laughs> to fly some ships. Just to fly, just to like deliver cargo. Like it's not even any battles or anything. No, because presumably like there's, there, there are some hijinks. The problems. Y- you run into some things where people are a bit mean to her, and she's like, "Oh man, tough day at the office." But there's no drama. There's no Palpatine. There's no anything. No, like, please, there can't be any more Palpatine. <laughs> I want to see this time. Ray in one ship. Palpatine and another they're just flying around each other Palpatine with his little headset he's like talking away we saw him turn to dust unless he fucking force ghosts himself and like because she's a Palpatine so she he could like present in her memories or some shit Look, like that oh I don't want to get it we don't have any confirmation that Ray or Palpatine are involved in this in any way um, so it's we don't want to go this episode is going to say Connor just putting that out there. Ray and Rogue Squadron? <laughs> um, but, but I think, I mean, do you think it's a good idea that they just go, I mean, I know what your answer is, but that, that they just go away from stuff we've already seen and maybe make a cool Star Wars film? Yeah. Oh, I've said this before on the show, all my favourite shit about Star Wars happens outside of the movies. Yeah. That's exactly it. I mean, and you can do anything once you do this. Like, you're not set in anything or involved with anything. You could just, you know, maybe come up with brand new characters. Nobody's related to anyone. I still feel like they're going to try and, like, cash in on nostalgia. Like, there's going to be a Millennium Falcon in this show, whether it's Mm. the original or whether it's a remake that some enthusiast has made. Or, you know, like, it's... They're going to have to cash in on that kind of thing because you need the Lego sets. That's where the money is, Sean. Let's there's, not. There's no money in filmmaking. What I want is a Lego set where Palpatine is flying a big X-wing. I think it could make millions. I think. Oh, hmm. What if the? Okay, hear me out here. Another Death Star, right? Just rehash it again. I like how that's like. I like to imagine that's Palpatine in the press conference or like. In the room in with the guys the like, boardroom. lads, hear me out. <laughs> I know you're all going to think I'm fucking mad. What about, what is there anything to say for another Death Star fighter? Fucking, look, I know there's a two metre exhaust port, but have you seen the size of the thing? That's quite <laughs> impressive that it's only that one port. <laughs> um, Sean, are you excited about Rogue Squadron coming out? I guess so. I'm not unexcited if that if that's a decent enough answer. That's, I suppose. I is it just? Are you still in a bit of a malaise after Rise of Skywalker that you're kind of hoping? I think so. See, like, in on one hand, I really like the Mandalorian, and that has a bunch of spaceship flying stuff. So maybe more of that would be nice. Yeah, uh, I'm... that's all I gotta say. Are you, are you gonna like? Um, are you gonna like the Boba Fett series or? Oh, well, for a series I've seen nothing about, I'm going to come down hard and say, yes, I'm going to love it. It's going to be my favourite series ever, I think ever, this Connor. should be a new thing that I just troll projects at you and without any information, you have to tell me whether you're going to like them or not because this is the internet. That's it, and I will definitely stick to that in short. And you can't change, no matter how good or bad it becomes. How, when was the last time I got burned with that? Oh yeah, I still think the Portal movie is going to be good, don't I? Yeah, you said the Portal movie. And you also said uh, Dungeons and Dragons was going to be good. But that oh, was only because the cast got good. Because it got Chris Pine and Hugh Grant. Yeah, so look. I'm gonna, I'll stick by those two. Okay. I'll also stick by Rogue Squadron and say it'll be at least good. 
Okay. Um, so we're moving on to our next piece of news, Sean. And this is probably the news this week that, I mean, it's not, it's not confirmed, but it's something that does excite me because it's a lot of comic book stuff this week. And so mm-hmm. the news came out that nothing to do with comic books and talking about good casts, Steven Soderbergh wants to do another Ocean's Eleven sequel with the original cast, Sean. They want them back for an Ocean's 14. Oh my god. That's actually... That, I, think, <laughs> I think we're primed and ready for one, do you know? You know what? I love Ocean's Eleven. It's great! Ocean's Eleven is real good. It's, it's better than it has any right to be. Yes! Uh, I... I'm worried it might become an expendable style situation. Mm, that is that is an issue. Yeah, it's twenty years old at this. I think it was two thousand one when Ocean's Eleven came out. Yeah, fucking hell. Yeah, and then wow. it was Ocean's okay. Twelve in all four or five, and then back Ocean's Thirteen. Back in all four, and then Ocean's Thirteen was like two thousand eight. And we, there wasn't Ocean's Eight, wasn't there? And Ocean's Eight was um, yeah, that was came so out like twenty seventeen. Yeah, so now they're doing Ocean's 14? I would suppose it'd have to be Ocean's 14. Do you what probably it's include... And it's like Ocean's 400. And it's just... <laughs> it's, no, it's everyone. O- it's Ocean's 300 and Zack Snyder comes in. Oh it's my about, God, it's set in it's about, it's about the Spartans trying to rob a bank. <laughs> oh my God. Just a big pile of gold up there. <laughs> trying to break into the bank vault using shields just as a unit it's, it's, it'd be nice to have a, a heist movie just every so often um, yeah there's nothing wrong with a heist movie I think heist movies are great no a heist movie and a murder mystery just give us one of those every couple of years to keep things fresh the problem is that if one of them makes money they will have to watch three of them a year for like five years straight until they stop yeah. making money and that would annoy me but I like a good heist movie that's smart and good. Also, the cast of that movie is absolutely insane. And you could do a situation where you include the Ocean's 8 people and the Ocean's 11 people. Join them all into one film. Make a whole bunch of money. That's true. Ha- what? Okay. Ocean's... Hear me out. Ocean's 8 cast. And the yeah. Ocean's 13 cast. Right? Mm-hmm. Call it Ocean's 21. It's set in a casino. Trying to rob a blackjack table. <laughs> just one table. Just one. Like they're getting a really small purse for the whole thing. But <laughs> goddamn, they're, they're trying. It's like two grand, and they're trying to spread it between twenty-one of them. <laughs> okay, right. So what do you get? Then? Just less than. Okay, fuck. Jeez, this is a great oh, lads. Jesus. It's not a great cut. Out. We invited too many people. <laughs> Just like one teller, just like dealing the cards, and George Clooney's like, "Look at him, look at him, the dickhead. We can't get him. He's too fucking smart. He's Fuck too off. Good. He's too good." Um, yeah, I mean, like you get Clooney, you get Brad Pitt, you get Matt Damon. Um, you also had uh, Casey Affleck in that, who I think is probably bigger now than he was then. Um, mm. But you, you, like, it, it, to be fair, it was a ridiculous cast at the time. And everyone's still as successful now, if not more. Like, even Clooney, Pitt, Damon back then was massive. But Damon was very, not as big as the other two. And so now Matt Damon is Matt Damon. Along with those Mm. two, I think that's even bigger. And then you've got Ocean's 8. I mean, like, you've got Sandra Bullock, Kate Blanchett, Anne Hathaway. 
Sarah Paulson, Rihanna is in that film. So, I mean, I mean, like, you could throw all these people in and make a whole bunch of money. But it does mean that you have a lot of characters to try to balance and make sure they all have something to do with a heist. Yes. See, do you, and do you bring the classic cast back? Do you make it like, who's the new George Clooney? You know? Uh, mm. You just get all the Avengers cast. <laughs> and I think what you do is you get a new cast. Well, not a new, but like four or five people that are like, we want to rob a bank. And then, oh, there's only one team that have ever been able to pull that off. We need to call mm. in the big guns. And then they go to Daddy Ocean and try and get him back. Because what confused me about Ocean's 12, which was kind of where that fell down, and Ocean's 13 was a bit of a pickup. But it's a case of, if you were already like a 100 billionaire, <laughs> what is <Why>? the point? <laughs> Why do you keep robbing places? Yeah, and Steven Soderbergh is obviously great as well. So I think, I mean, you could make a lot of money if you bring these people back. I think so, like, and the thing about it is, like, the the original Ocean's Eleven was the Rat Pack. Like, that was, the, they were the lead actors. Mm. So that, I guess, like, Clooney, Damon, uh, Brad Pitt, and Joey Garcia, like, they were all, they were the Rat Pack of the early 2000s. And I Don guess. Cheadle, with an English accent. Forgot, Donnie Chi, forgot about him. <laughs> Donnie Cheadle's in that as well, yeah. That's ridiculous, so... I, look, I I'm, I like a heist. Give me a heist. Rick and Morty did a thing about heists, and maybe that's why it's back in the public eye. Oh, yeah, I think... Oh, you could just remake, um, like, a zombie movie, but they have to rob, like, a, a Las Vegas casino, but it's during a zombie apocalypse. Right, okay. And mm. is, would it be possible that it's a mess of colour and Dave Bautista's in it? I'm thinking Dave replaces George Clooney, but everyone stays the same other than that. Do you know that Army of the Dead? It apparently yeah. had a lot of like rendering issues when it went to Netflix. Okay. Uh, so like people were watching it and they thought that their TVs were fucking up because there was just like white dots all over the screen. Really? Is yeah, that just like CGI that... of the zombies? I don't know what it is. Whether it's something in the renderer just didn't render certain pixels. Um, oh lord! People thought like they had a dead pixel on their screen. They were going nuts over it. Oh no, Zach! <laughs> oh Zach! Oh Zachy Apparently, boy! It also has a take of like a time travel element that he is not like the night. Really? Yeah. Not, not to spoil anything, but there's a moment where they come across like a bunch of skeletons that are in the safe, but they're the skeletons of them already on the heist, and so the idea is that they're stuck in a time loop. Of consistently robbing this bank and dying. Well, that's ridiculous. <laughs> but oh, cool. Watch it. <laughs> <laughs> but pretty cool. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. That, that's what those Zack Snyder was like. It's cool though. So let's not fucking explain it. Class lads. It's fine. Um, so we're moving on. Yeah, I'm. I'm all in for an Ocean's thirteen or an Ocean's fourteen or an Ocean's nine. If they want to do that, I don't even mind. Just bring in the best from both teams. And let's yes. see what happens. See what like, happens. That's the okay. Pitch. So I'm taking okay. Clooney, uh, Pitt, Damon, Cheadle. Then you get Bullock. You have that Sandy, um, mm-hmm. Anne Hathaway, Kate Blanchett. Okay, that's so you're at the seven. Um, Ocean seven. <laughs> Ocean seven. We can't look. We just can't do eight 
11, 12 or 13. So seven's all right. I think you, you nail that with seven and you absolutely, you make money. Lucky sevens are trying to rob a, sl- a slot machine in a casino. <laughs> just one slot machine. And they're just like pacing back and forth like, how do we fucking win? <laughs> I can't. And they're doing all, all the like elaborate hands off, handoffs, but it's just more like cups of quarters that they're giving people. <laughs> It's just them trying to rob like smaller and smaller places until they get to like one guy's hat on the street. Oh well, fuck, we've got to steal this guy's hat. It's full of dollars. <laughs> oh, they're robbing like, like, like a homeless man or a busker situation? No, he's a busker. He's a busker. Oh, it's like, we have to wait till he goes for lunch. He has a four second look where he looks away and then at that point we're going to send Clooney in on a wire. He's going to fly <laughs> in and take it. Um, so we're moving on to our next piece of news, Sean. And this involves um, Doctor Strange 2. And oh. it's only a small little bit, but um, the Doctor Strange 2 writer has teased what the multiverse's imp- impending impact will have on the MCU. So a lot of people are kind of like, Doctor Strange in the multiverse of madness, how big is it going to impact the rest of the MCU? Because is it going to be a self-contained story? We know it's Spider-Man involved, but in general... Like, is it going to have that much of a lasting effect? And Mm. this question was kind of thrown to writer Michael Waldron. And what happened is, Michael said, it is going to have a big impact. And he very, very, I would say, very smartly then just said the line, I don't think you bring in Sam Raimi on to make a movie unless it's going to have a lasting impact and be a big movie. And so... The way he's saying it is that it's going to have carry-on effects to later on in the MCU. Right. And and specifically... Call, now, look, let's get the tinfoil hats on right now. Yeah. Specifically calling out Sam Raimi, uh, who, in the world of comic books, most well-known for directing Spider-Man films. Yes, that is true. And so in the world I'm, of comic books. In the world of comic books. So the case becomes then that he's directing Doctor Strange. Spider-Man is going to be involved in that film. Probably. Yes. Um, Far From Home, Alfred Molina got in a bunch of trouble with Kevin Feige this week. <laughs> what did he do? An interview. He's on tour for like he's doing an, either another movie or a play or something. And he, the interviewer was just like, oh, and talk to us about Spider-Man Far From Home. And Molina was just like, I'm not supposed to talk about it, but it's the worst kept secret in Hollywood. So it's really interesting to revisit the same character 20 years down the line. I'm like, what? (laughs) And so Kevin Feige then was on, um, I think he was on a red carpet thing for Black Widow. And someone, one of the reporters just said, oh, and what can you tell us about uh, Spider-Man Far From Home? And he just looked really sad and said, ask Alfred Molina. (laughs) It's just like, oh, Alfred. Alfred oh, fucked up. It was going to be so to be the, good. You were meant to be the chosen one, Alfred. But at the same time, he's right, though. Like, we do all know that he's in it. So, yeah. and anyone who's reading that article already knows. Like, that's us. Exactly. exactly. And, like, the worst thing that he could have possibly said was like, yeah, and it was great to work with Tobey Maguire again. Oh, yeah. That were, if he had said, I was so worried he would say, it was great to revisit those characters and at that yes. point, he's dead in the water. Kevin Feige kills him and his family. There's, there's no <laughs> point. Like, Feige has people that he'll take you out suspiciously quietly. 
Yes, exactly. So, and I don't like Sam. The reason Sam Raimi being singled out, I'm not sure the significance of it to Doctor Strange is the thing. Well, he's directing Doctor Strange. You know, he's directing Doctor Strange, but like, sorry, to Doctor Strange, the character. uh, Like, I would have thought that unless like the multiverse. Okay, I'm trying to I'm trying to think of it in my head because I don't know which comes first, Far From Home or Multiverse of Madness in the chronology. Um, I actually don't know that myself. Um, I know Far From Home is coming out first. Or No Way okay. Home. What's it called? No, no Way, Way Home. Far From no Home. No Way Home. It's the worst Far From Home is number convention. two. It's no the Way wo- Home. I, I'm so, I, and Homecoming is the first. It's ridiculous. It's the worst thing Marvel has ever done is name those films in that way. I hate it so much. Continue. <laughs> um, so what also is interesting is that he brought up Loki. And how that has an effect, because Michael Waldron is not just writing um, the multiverse of madness, he's also writing Loki, and he has written Loki. Um, And he said, he had a really interesting thing um, about causing all this chaos, basically, in the multiverse, regards to Loki. And we're not going to spoil anything in in terms of Loki for someone who hasn't seen it but yeah. he, he, his quote was I think one of the joys of being a writer in the Marvel world is getting to make terrible messes and then leave them for your predecessors <laughs> to kind of figure out although occasionally you find yourself like me being your own predecessor <laughs> for instance I wrote Loki and then you end up writing Doctor Strange 2 having to clean up your own mess and that can be a lot of fun but also very time consuming okay so, and that's that's a clever way of putting it because he's not necessarily saying that one affects the other. It's just that things brought up in Loki might need to be addressed in Doctor Strange. Too. I mean, the TVA being the main one, surely. Yeah how do, how do you reconcile that the audience knows that that exists? Like, yeah, and and the power the power that is fighting being fought for in the MCU is pointless because I mean I I think it's an episode one, is it that the stones are in that drawer. Or is it yeah, and I think that's that's a fairly big meme at this point. So I think it's yeah. fine to talk about that one. That like the Infinity Stones don't work out of their universe, which means you you could take a character who's very. It's it's interesting because you could take a character who's very very powerful in the main Marvel Cinematic Universe, and then you pop them into a different universe, and suddenly they're like on the back foot, like because in the main Marvel Universe, nothing really posed a threat to Iron Man. Uh, in his last couple of movies um but in like if you popped him into a universe where you know arc reactor technology didn't work for some reason yeah then suddenly he has to think he has to react to that he has to Um, arc react to that he has to arc react to that which as we've established doesn't work in that universe (laughs) doesn't work um but it is an interesting idea that i had never even considered it but loki will have a knock-on effect. No matter how small or big, is that it's just the TVA's existence will have an effect to the multiverse, will have an effect to the Eternals, will have an effect to Spider-Man. It's, I mean, even like Scarlet Witch is appearing in the multiverse of madness, but the TVA are there, they can just... there's There can't be chaos in the timelines. It's a whole situation that... I think what Avengers Endgame, what they're doing cleverly here, is that... In a weird way, they're branching out at all these different timelines, like we're not meant to do, and just be like, 
this is all the mad shit that would have happened if you do time travel. These are the consequences. Yeah, like, and and not only does, like, the things that came before have to be thought of, but the things that come after. Like, you need to think down the line of, like, okay, if we introduce time travel, we need that not to be the solution to every problem. You know? Yeah, so you, need you have to, to get rid of stakes. it. Exactly, yeah. So, but, but it still exists in the universe and it's there for stories in the future when they're needed. Um, um, yeah, so so that is that is what's ki- kind of coming out. So I I like the idea that the Loki writer wrote himself into a corner and then has to write out of the corner for every other film he's now involved in. Um, it's much like a Loki situation, isn't it? Oh, he's up to hijinks. He's a menace. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we're moving on to our next piece of news, and this involves now there has been a leaked Flash movie promo. Sean and we don't normally talk about leaks we wait until they're officially announced now I'm not going to talk about the actual teaser um, that was released I don't know where it was leaked I think it was on Twitter Um, and it's just a small clip that has been removed from Twitter now and it uses concept art to depict someone sitting next to Barry Allen in the Batmobile which is being driven by the Michael Keaton incarnation of the Crave Crusader so Keaton's driving the Batmobile and then Barry Allen is being driven around but the individual's face is blocked out with a spoiler alert sign so we don't know however Sean we now have seen bits in the shot that the the person whose face is obscured can be seen holding a sword and a shield Um, I don't know if you know anyone in the DCEU that would hold a sword and shield I wonder (laughs) Wonder, wonder, wonder. <laughs> um, so look, I think everyone kind of just figures out that I think Gal Gadot could be in this film. And she's down on the IMDb. And so we didn't really know how much of an impact she's going to have. But if she's in this film, you've got Keaton. We know Ben Affleck is coming back as the Dark Knight in that role. Um, Supergirl is in this film. This is a lot of characters that they're covering. And we haven't even seen a teaser, but I'm so interested to see how they do this. And we also don't know if this universe is still on the ground, like, if it's still going after that. Like, Nobody it's knows. Such a weird, it's a weird situation, because there's this massive thing happening in the Flash movie, where they're literally combining past film universes and past Batman and all of this, and it bringing in Wonder Woman. And, like, we, it's just not really talked about as much, I don't think. Like, maybe because it's not a show coming out week on week. For so that was the first piece of reveal from the teaser. But there was another piece of reveal, and that was about Supergirl. And oh, I it was saw just, this. It was a very small reveal, and it was just that she's being held in a containment facility in a lab, uh, likely run by the government, and it has her meeting the Scarlet Speedster, basically, yeah. as, as a way. Now, this kind of set the internet... A light, because what's interesting about the Flashpoint Paradox um, as a story is Superman's story. And what this teaser kind of showed to me is that they're adapting Superman's Flashpoint story, but without Superman, and replacing him with Supergirl. Yes. Am I correct in thinking that's where Superman crashes, but he's found by the government? Instead of Montauk so, Kent. So how Flashpoint works is that, yeah, because Barry Allen goes back and he saves his mother, 
it has like a massive knockout effect to all these different timelines if you don't know what Flashpoint is. Um, and so in that scenario, so Flash's mother is saved, he's like, great. But all the Jesus. knockout effects to everybody else is like shit. And what happens is Superman's ship, when it crashes, crashes into Metropolis. So it doesn't crash into Smallville. Um, right. It crashes into Metropolis. And what happens is that when it crashes, it goes through buildings and it kills a load of people. And it's like an alien spaceship has landed in the middle of Metropolis. And killed and destroyed and all And killed this. and destroyed people. And so the government immediately come in and they take him away. And the idea is that they take um, they take him to an underground facility. And I would say, I mean, they try to use him, this might surprise you, for war purposes, Sean. They, <laughs> yeah, the government. The government. And so they take him away in a thing called Project Superman. And they keep him underground so he never feels any sunlight. Yeah, and so, so he never gets his big powers. So he never gets power. So he's just like really, really thin. And he's always like just, he's just like, he's malnourished, basically. Because like, like yeah. he has no, he has no sun and he feeds off I think that. they have him in like red sun radiation as well, like to properly and like dull his ha- flowers. And they have him under like fake lights. Like he's constantly underground. So it's always just fake lights in like a cage. Yes. And they're basically using him to drive the fact of we're going to use him in war and we're going to try and figure out a way that we can take him and inject him into other people and then make super soldiers. It's a super soldier serum situation. Love it. Big fan. <laughs> and so how it works is then they break him out and I'm pretty positive this Superman dies. I think he would be... I'm, I'm going off Flashpoint here. He breaks out and he tries to help... Like, Batman turns up and he's like, we need to escape. I know you're Superman. We'd, the world's about to end. And he breaks out. And he, he, this is the first time he feels sunlight. And he uses his laser vision and he immediately kills, like, three soldiers. And then he oh, freaks fuck. the fuck out and flies away because he doesn't understand what's going on. He, doesn't know, he didn't know why he, why he has that much power. Um, yeah, he's never had powers before. So, yeah. it's a big shock. So, that's kind of the idea. And I'm pretty sure he dies until Flash obviously saves everyone um but what they could do instead is because henry cavill is away well he's not away yes. but he's in and he's out and he's out and he's in and they don't really want him and they're kind of already recasting a different superman anyway so they don't really have any interest in that they're i think going to do project supergirl instead of project superman and yeah. have Supergirl instead crash in Metropolis. They take her away. They bring her to an underground lab. And then Flash comes across her. Yeah, which kind of makes sense. Because it is an alternate universe. So it's like, simultaneously, it is meant to be different from the DC universe. It's also a nod to the comics. But still a little bit different from that. So you're giving yourself liberty to not follow the comic exactly. For whatever yeah, suits and the situation. It's also is. kind of, I mean, not to give too much credit, but it is interesting that, like, this Flash is always like, oh, Superman, Superman's my hero. Like, I love Superman. And then mm. his story here could be him saving Supergirl. And I, I mean, like, I think that might be giving them too much credit, looking too much into it. But I think yes. that's a nice thematic thing that they've done. <laughs> Absolutely. But also, if Henry Cavill was still fully in, they would absolutely not go this route. No, I don't think so. But it's, it is because I don't think you can introduce Henry Cavill and then... Also, you'd have to have him shrink down, like a Chris Evans-style thing. 
<laughs> Look, I did it in fucking 2009. I suppose, yeah. I, d- I mean, it could work, but I, yeah, I think it's it's more interesting with a different super human rather than Henry Cavill. Yes, I think so. Uh, no, I'm excited. That, that, and the, the, there was like set photo leaks of Supergirl as well. The suit looks great. Yeah, and so, Sean, my question to you is, we're seeing all these leaked footages or leaked clips and leaked images. Um, are you more and more excited about Flash? Because I know you don't like Ezra Miller as the Flash, but no. it's got Keaton, it's got Affleck, it's got Gal Gadot, it's got Supergirl. You've got all these people. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm more excited for it. Um, it's not my most hotly anticipated movie or anything like that, but I think definitely this is really interesting. It's comic booky, dumb fun, um, so I'm looking forward to seeing it. Mm, yeah, and and I think that it could, it's it it could like, will it make Flash cool? <laughs> I'm trying to debate. Well, will Flash steady be cool, on, Connor? And will, will he be like everyone's new favorite? Maybe, maybe it could happen. We don't know. Ezra Miller could be the big... He could be like Robert Downey Jr. to the DCEU. Yeah, the poster boy. Like, the one that started it all. <laughs> um, yeah, okay. So, yeah, that that all is after coming out. Um, I'm very interested and intrigued. I'm very worried that this trailer will drop tomorrow. I hope not. Uh, but we shall see what happens. So, we're finishing off this week's Movie Monday, Sean. We talk of... Suicide Squad. Now, oh. James Gunn, um, he 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 revealed this week the possible villains that were almost in Suicide Squad, but he didn't exactly include them. And he revealed twelve villains that he thought of before he got to Starro the Conqueror. Oh, okay. So Starro's the thirteenth choice. Yeah, Star Wars is, is yeah. Now, um, sorry, this is the second last story, but uh, Deathstroke was among DC characters that were almost in the Suicide Squad, reveals James Gunn. And so, um, one someone asked him on Twitter, um, who did you feel like for the villain? Was there ever somebody else considered? And he put up a whole series of images of all these DC villains that were included Livewire, Man Bat, KG Beast... Uh, Mr. Freeze, Killer Frost, Black Spider, Solomon Grundy, um, Kill- uh, and then you ha- also had Deathstroke. So it was like a who's who of DC villains that I think Deathstroke against the Suicide Squad would be mad. It would be. It's like, but like, the thing with Deathstroke is you know Deathstroke's really going to win, kind of at the end. Like, you don't. Or feel- get away. Or get away. Um, I don't think the squad would ever defeat them, defeat Deathstroke. Whereas I feel like, weirdly, it's a, it's a more even match against Starro the Conqueror. Yeah, and he, what he said was that um, every character in the Suicide Squad was chosen for a purpose, great or small. And although many of these other characters, they didn't serve the story quite as well. I am, of course, open to using them in the future, and there are many more wonderful DC Comics characters where these came from. So he's basically stating that every character he chose was chosen for an exact reason. Now, that could be a PR bit, that he's just doing it because this is perfectly balanced, or James Good could be that kind of character, that he picks these he's characters because got- he, he knows he's going to kill them. 
Yeah, and he's got the spreadsheet of like powers and abilities and like, okay, that's a good matchup against this and this and this. Mm. Um, I do think he just kind of, he picked some characters that he thought were cool for some of them. Like, I don't think they were, oh, yeah. they all are critical to the story. Like, I'm pretty sure Nathan Fillion said he'd be in and then he was like, fuck, okay, right, I'll give Nathan Fillion a character of some yeah, kind. I'll pick something for Nathan. Yeah, and and I think um, what the, why this works, I think why Starro works, and like as much as we go off about that, you do. It's a very uh, comic book trope that you need an army, and Starro has yeah. a thing where he can produce millions of himself, whereas Mister Freeze is just one dude, or Deathstroke is just one dude, and so yeah. you have a team of seven versus Deathstroke, which Deathstroke could probably beat up the whole Suicide Squad by himself. That's no problem. But it is more interesting if if James Gunn wanted to go the horror route and that this team keeps getting decimated every time they try to face this guy, um, then I think Starro is the one that they all go in, get absolutely wiped out, only two of them survive, they get back yeah. and they're like, this is, this is bad, we need another team to go back <laughs> in and do it again. Yeah, we need the B team of the Suicide Squad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, I mean... What do you think of a man bat? I don't know if man bat would work live action. I don't think so. Like, and it would be creepy and all, but like, I think you, when you have a character like Weasel that's there, like that serves the like creepy animal hybrid factor. Yeah, and that's that's too much. Then if you have man bat as well, um, and also as you say, it doesn't really have the army. Like you can get bats, I guess, but you can't. I mean, yeah, there's a man for that. You just need to yeah. have like a lad who can control that. Yeah, so like, I think honestly, like the big, the big hive mind is the way to go. Weird mm. enough, which on, ordinarily we'd complain about in a superhero movie. But 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 if you're going to be killing, like, yeah, I think Starro is kind of different because he's not creating like blobs that they can slice through. He's creating aliens, <laughs> so like yeah. he's like joining their face and then taking over them, kind of thing. Now that's how Starro normally works. I don't know how it's going to work in this. We haven't seen any clips. Maybe he just outright kills them all. Yeah, or maybe it's established that like, oh, once there's a starfish on your face, there's no coming back. Like, yeah, you're no longer just alive. mowing down innocence. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so we are finishing off this week, Sean. With we've had some. We've had some big news regarding Black Panther 2. Now, there were rumours. There was yes. even some, some casting rumours. But we, I think we have finally confirmed that Wakanda, Black Panther 2, Wakanda Forever, will have an Atlantis war and a Namor introduction in the plot, Sean. Love it. Love so it. we got this from the log line that has now come out about um, Black Panther 2 and I'm going to read you the log line and I mm-hmm. mean after reading it you will also be like oh shit I can't wait to see Wakanda versus Atlantis <laughs> because okay. both Wakanda and Atlantis are hidden civilizations with advanced technology and increased militaristic abilities that decided to separate themselves from the rest of the world for their own safety. Wakanda feared that their technology would be abused. Atlantis feared that surface dwellers would come and desecrate the mythical city, just as they did so many years ago. And yet their fears escalate even further when these two once-hidden nations clash with each other. Wakanda and Atlantis have a shockingly intertwined history, 
Well, Canada is the only county, country in the world with access to vibranium. However, rumours of its power spread throughout the world, and Neymar's human, Neymar's human father was sent searching for the rare material in Antarctica, Sean. Everyone go listen to the Neymar Hero Zero that we did. What, why is that big? Because that, they went... That, that's the origin of Neymar in the comics. Mm-hmm. Uh, that his father went searching for vibranium at the bequest of, I think, Winston Churchill? Might, be, might sh- have been Churchill, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, actually, sorry. Ernest Shackleton went and did it. And then their boat crashed. And then uh, Namor's da went and, and, and took a crew to it. And then uh, he married an Atlantean woman. They had a baby named Namor. And Namor grew up a hideous half-human, half uh Atlantean person not hideous but he was kind of an outsider because of his, his okay. shared heritage just also filthy. he's a mutant Namor is also a mutant let's just get that out there I don't know if they're going to go the mutant route but go on here's the thing though and this is something I thought after we did that Hero Zero is that Namor is often called Marvel's first mutant because he was retroactively made to be a mutant and so he was the first published mutant because he's Marvel been around since like 1939 Exactly, yeah. And so so what they could do is that Namor could technically be the first mutant in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Mm-hmm. Similar to how he is in the comics, but they don't they haven't introduced mutants yet, they can just retroactively call him one. I mean, yes, I suppose you could do that. I mean also he's this is also another um inclusion of Atlantis, which is meant to also be in the Eternals. And so yeah. Atlantis goes underwater in the Eternals versus the Deviants fight, and as it's ravaged by a civil war, and then we bring him back through Black Panther too. And it's also interesting because, of course, sadly Chadwick Boseman no longer with us, and so mm. they're now using Black Panther two as a way to maybe lodge Namor. And I don't know if this was always the original plan, but it is now that they can lodge another character origin story. Yeah, Namor, like the the kind of king without a country scenario, and then you have a country without a king, maybe. Interesting. I don't know if Wakanda could be led by a man from the water, though. No, I don't think uh, either nation (laughs) would be mad about it. No. Uh, (laughs) Um, But I, I do think that's like a really interesting idea, that they can now kind of make Shuri Black Panther, if they want, and then have introduced Namor. And then you've got, like, a brand new society and you've got a whole Namor Namor movie just sitting there, ready to do. Yeah, and we can call it The Trench. (sighs) Oh, that movie's now... It's free! It's no longer being done! The Trench (laughs) is up for grabs! (laughs) So, Sean, I think that's it for this week's Movie Mondays. Unfortunately, no trailers this week, so it's just a very rumour every week. Rumours and speculation, but in, yeah. in many ways that's nice. That's what a lot of pe- people would, would make an entire podcast out of. Uh, yeah. So it's nice to dip our toe in it every so often. Would you like me to take us out, Connor, as you take a big gulp of coffee there? Yes, please. I'm glad you asked me that while I was drinking. <laughs> Timed it perfectly. So thank you, everyone, for listening to this episode of Movie Mondays. We will be back Wednesday with Weird News Wednesday, Friday with Hero or Zero, and next Monday with another episode of Movie Mondays. As we said before, go check out the Patreon if you're interested in a bit of low-key chat. Uh, well, it's not low-key chat. Well, you see what I it's, mean. It's high-key, uh, but it's about low-key. 
very good. Uh, so it's just it's we, we chat about theories, we chat about uh, where we think things might go, and there's a lot of God wasn't that bit cool when. Um, so head on over there, five dollars or more a month, you get access to that. Big thank you to everyone who supports us over on Patreon. An eight out of ten human being. Seriously, you're welcome in New Zealand anytime. I'll show you around. Thank you very much, Waffles. I'm going to show up at your door dressed like Gandalf someday. <laughs> okay. Uh, thank you also goes to Kira Lawler, David Clark, Ed Ball, Joe Rate Click Rate, Click Luke, Refresh Repeat, Never Give Up, Hickok Didn't Bernie, Roisin Trodoshin Halley, Ryan Wright Time Evanson, Sean Heroes Don't Do That Jamieson, Dominic, Josiah Florida Gal Green, Anna Maureen has the fry on Helmroos, Lil Dicky, I remember when I was the last name shouted out. Congratulations on the growth, boys. It shows. Wink McGrew. Uh, Love you, Richie. <laughs> Love it. Thanks, Richard. We are we are growers, not showers, as we often say. Uh, <laughs> I've never said that. Well, I, I mean, like the dream is to be a grower and a shower, let's be honest. Uh, <laughs> like Jack you. and his beanstalk. <laughs> <laughs> and thank you also goes to Danny McLaughlin, Ray and Luke, too hot to handle, unless you're Mr. Freeze, in which case you're grand. Yeah, true. True, true, but you don't have an army. That's why you can't be in Suicide Squad, I'm afraid. Uh, but... <laughs> Thank you to everyone who supports us over there. If you want to head over and support us, uh, link in the description. Also, there's all the social medias. The most important thing you can ever do, best way you can ever help out the show is by telling one human being that we exist. Just a one, please. And I think that's about it, Connor. I think so. So I've been Connor Lawler. I've been Sean Meehan. I will see you next week, guys. Bye. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. 
Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.